good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Well, Lynn had uh, shared earlier that she lived in Missouri, and it reminded me that when I first went to ministerial school, I moved from South Florida to Unity Village, which is in Missouri. Big change. <laughs> Big change. You know, there are a lot of things that I had to make adjustments to. You know, the, it's kind of like the culture was very different. You know, I had to go through brutal winters. You know, but that wasn't so much the big problem. There was one thing I was absolutely terrified of as I got there. Because I could deal with the snow. You learn how to navigate that. It actually looked very pretty sometimes during the, you know, the wintertime. And so when I said I was terrified of one thing, somebody said, well, it must have been tornadoes. No, I wasn't scared about the tornadoes, but I know I can go into a basement and just put my head under a sink and I'll be okay. <laughs> At least that's what they told me. What I was terrified of was something they call black ice. And what black ice is, is that it's just a very thin layer of ice that is on the road. And you can't even tell that it's there. Because, you know, you just see the, the black, you know, top of the road. And it can come in an instant. You could be driving. A mist could be coming down. It wouldn't even be raining. And it would just get on the road if it got below temperature, below 32 degrees. And I remember I was coming from a place called Unity Southeast Church. I was a student minister with my friend Jim Lee. And uh, we were heading, I was heading back to where we were living. And we're going down a road. And all of a sudden... The temperature must have dropped and the black ice developed. And all the cars in front of me, as they were going down the hill, they reached a particular point on the hill and they just slid off the road into the ditch. I mean, car after car. And we were all driving like five miles per hour, as slow as you could drive the car. It did not matter. And I watched all the people in front of me. They were trying to steer into the skid like they teach you, you know, in driving school. And none of that was working. They were just sliding in the car. And I was just approaching that particular location where all the other cars were sliding off in the ditch. And I'm wondering, what am I going to do? Because all the stuff they were doing wasn't working. So something within me just said, just take your hand off the steering wheel and just let the car do what it's going to do. So I released, I let go, 
And the car just kept on going down the hill in a straight line. I don't know. I guess that was a moment of faith. It wasn't understanding faith because I had no understanding of how that even worked. But I made the decision at that moment to let go. And I guess I acted on some sort of faith and I let myself get into the flow. Didn't make any sense to me at that moment, but uh, thank God. I say that just to welcome us to our Faith in Action program for this year. And it's called Going with the Flow. And it's based on a longtime community minister by the name of Eric Butterworth, who was in New York for a long time, and based upon his book, In the Flow. And he points out in his first chapter that what we're doing is embarking on an adventure. We're embarking on an adventure of our inner world, our inner mind, which is probably the most important journey that we can take with our life and our consciousness. Because really, what we're doing is taking a journey, what we call inner space. You know, I remember when I was in elementary school, when they first started sending people up into space, and they had to bring, you know, in in one of our classes, they would bring little black and white TV and and watch this taking place. Y'all probably, some of y'all might remember that. Some of y'all have to look it up. But anyway, and, and, and that was, you know, exploring, you know, the outer space. And outer space is a very wonderful thing to explore. I think it, it reaped many insights and revelations and innovations. But I would say that the real revelation, the real insight, was when we go into inner space. Excuse me for a moment. I miss, I miss my, um, my notes here. They just went into the atmosphere and just disappeared <laughs> in, into the outer space. <laughs> This is always interesting when things like this happen. So bear with me because then I'm going to have to, if I start talking just with no guidance, we will have to be here all day long. So I need spirit to guide me to get this working in a way that we understand that it's working. So I'm going to have to turn this off. Yes. And then turn it back on. Because these it things... Looks like ha- you haven't set up any HomeKit accessories. Okay, Siri. I haven't hit any HomeKit accessories. So things start talking to me when I don't necessarily want to talk back. I don't know if you ever had that experience where I have one of these devices in my house. And uh, I'm going to go ahead to a plan B on this. One of the times I remember... Yes, yeah, my, my, my hands off the wheel. I, I remember one time I was in a community that were giving a talk, and lightning struck the electrical tower and didn't have any windows. And in an instant, we saw nothing and no one. And uh, we had to go on. We, the music went on. We didn't have any electricity, and it just worked. So anyway, I've learned over time in life, stuff happens, and you have to adjust along the way. So anyway, we're talking about the idea that we're going to inner space, and that that's the most important, I think, research that we can ever do in our life. And one of the things that when Eric Butterworth talks about in that first chapter, the idea is that what is the nature of God? 
And he talks about that, that really God is a sphere in which the center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. Thus God is always right where we are. Always. In fact, Thomas Chord, who was an English author, he was a new thought teacher and a mystic. And he said, if you want to know the limitless nature of this universe, if you want to know what the universe is really about, what God is really about, you must understand that you are at the center of it and you can give absolutely nothing, do absolutely nothing to add to its efficiency. Therefore, we must understand that we contain all the qualities of this presence. And that's why Eric Butterworth starts out with the idea that we must live from within out. It's within us. Now, that's not the norm of how people mostly live. Because, you know, oftentimes we look for the outside. We bring in qualities that other people tell us how we should live and how we should live our life. And then we start reflecting back those beliefs into our world. When we have an inner realization, when we have that insight then we realize that we don't want to judge ourselves based upon how things are showing up out there because it doesn't necessarily correspond to what's going on within us, the truth of our being. Because if we're picking up things from out there, then we're picking up stuff that's temporary. That doesn't really last. It's not eternal. And we realize that our true nature and being is to be in tune and in the flow of these unchanging qualities. You know, as I thought about this, I thought about a man who I was counseling many years ago. He had just been released from jail, and uh, he was put in jail for burning down a house. It was his own house. But the problem was his ex-wife was in it, but she got out alive. <laughs> just want to say that very quickly. Nobody got hurt. But he came to me, you know, wanted some counseling on how to try to get his life back in order, and he was, uh, he was anytime he mentioned this, he would just become really upset, really angry. You know, it was like fumes coming out of his, his nose and his mouth, and, and he would just turn beet red. And he was darker than I was. Just to give you an indication of how angry he was. I guess he was upset about what had taken place. But over time, we realized that whatever goes on outside of you in life, it never has the final word. That we can transform something within us and as he began to do that, over time, yes, the anger came and went, but eventually he began to see who he was and what his life could be about. And he began to have that moment of clarity that things may happen to us, things may happen around us, but the most important thing that happens is what happens within us. And he began to discover his gifts, his talents, his capabilities. And he had that moment of clarity. And so we would work for him and work for ourselves that we would not judge ourselves unrighteously because our inner atonement with God, which is always there, is not necessarily reflected in our world at any given moment. And our job is to release what I call the false notions of life that are blocking the flow of the good that is there for us all the time. You know, I was doing some pressure cleaning around my house one time. I had one of these, I bought one of these pressure cleaners, you know, and uh, you have to hook it up to the hose and have the water go through it. And, you know, I was cleaning up, you know, the sidewalks and some windows and things like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it stopped working. You know, the water wasn't coming through. And, you know, it looked like the hose was okay. I went and checked the, you know, the faucet. And everything seemed to be working okay until I noticed that part of the hose had gotten wrapped up under one of the tires of my car. 
and the tire just squeezed the holes enough for the water to not go through anymore. And I realized you got to release the flow. So the, the hose in order for the flow to happen. But oftentimes we, we step on our own hose in life and we begin to stop the flow from coming in our life. So in our own life, I think what stops the flow are the false notions in life that we have about ourselves, the things that block us from being in the flow of spirit. You know, in the text, Emerson is, is quoted by Eric Butterworth, that we're here to release the divine circuits. So one of the things that helps release the divine circuits is that we must unlearn the wisdom of the world. That's what Eric talks about. And we come to understand that getting in the flow and radiating our spiritual nature is not about putting anything in us. All spiritual work is about releasing things that are blocking who and what we really are. It's about purifying. And I've come to the conclusion over the years that all the work that we do is to help us unlearn. We're here to unlearn. We're here to unlearn, you know, and I would even, like I said before, really we're part of being uh, of the Institute of Higher Unlearning. We're part of an Institute of Higher Unlearning because what we want to do is unlearn thought forms that are blocking the flow. And as an Institute of Higher Unlearning, we're here to move through life to unlearn those things that are no longer serving us. But oftentimes we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In order for us, that means we have to be changed. We have to be willing to be different have to have something within us be transformed because we never can transform anyone else or actually outside of ourselves. It's about getting us in the flow of what is already there for us. I thought about the story of a man who wanted to pay homage to his spiritual teacher. You know, he had been guided by him over a period of time and he decided to do a sculpture for him. And uh, he decided that uh, he would look for this wonderful rock that would just be used for him to sculpt his acknowledgement of him. But it was the rock was so big that he had to cut the rock in half. And so he cut the rock in half and, and then he, got, he stood on one part of the rock and started sculpting the other part of the rock and the other part of the rock that was getting sculpted said, don't touch me. There's a speaking rock. And he said, leave me alone. You know? And uh, the guy who was sculpting the rock said, okay, uh, he, being a nature lover, just decided to start working on the other half of the rock, and he worked on it for months and months and months. And he came out with this magnificent sculpture that was going to put outside the residence of his teacher. And it was time for him to have a, a ceremony for it. And so people came from miles around to just pay homage to that teacher and to just view this magnificent piece of art that he had. And so they came there and they began to christen it. They put oil on it and they put incense around it. And they were just doing some wonderful, magnificent things with it. And the rock that had been stood on said, hey, what's up? He was talking to the other half of the rock that had been sculpted so well. You know, you've been just standing on me. This guy has been standing on me all this time, building this new sculpture. And, you know, and now you're getting all the good stuff. You're getting the incense, you're getting the oils, you're getting everything. What's up? And the character that had been sculpted said, well, you would not let the man transform you. 
You would not allow that to be changed within you. You did not be willing to have be different in order for me to, to, for you to be that expression of God that you can. I, on the other hand, now have become a place to let the light shine within me. So in other words, he was willing to be changed. I think in order for us to unlearn, we have to be changed. We have to be willing to be touched. You know, because I believe there's so many people, oh, they want to change the world while they remain the same. So many people want to change the, the, the relationships and they stay the same. So many people want to save the society and stay the same. That's impossible. We must be willing to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, the renewing of our hearts. Yes, so we must be part of these institutes of higher unlearning to allow this change to take place. I think one of the concepts that we want to unlearn and help us stay in that flow is to re and to release that inner splendor that is there for us all the time is a belief in unworthiness. I think that always blocks the good from coming to us. You know, I think beliefs like that are, are, are blocking the good that's seeking to be expressed through us. You know, I have a friend of mine who I've known years ago who probably had the world in the palm of her hands. She was an up-and-coming model. She was an up-and-coming actress. And if you knew her, looked at her, saw her skill set, you can know that she was going to be magnificent. She had what they call the it factor. You can't really describe it, but when you see it, you know it. There was something special that this person had. And I would bet dollars to donuts that she was headed straight to international stardom. But surprisingly and shocking to me, she didn't see herself that way. She thought that she was not good enough. She thought she was not worthy enough. And it was hard for anyone to believe who knew her and worked with her. But to make a long story short, I think one of the things that happened that she got caught up in self-destructive behavior and uh, she repelled her good through riotous living and all these great opportunities just didn't flow through her because how she saw herself. I think it's a matter of getting out our own way for the flow to happen. Because you understand that this universe is a living intelligence. And what it does, it matches our mental state. And then that mental state shows up as our life. Because if we think we're not worthy, it just mirrors that belief right back to us. It's not allowing the good to come to us. Understand, I think a lot of it has to do with traditional religion and, you know, not to put down any particular religion, but we're not born original sinners. We're born in original blessings. That is our true nature and being. That is the truth of who we are. That is our identity clause. So we must release and let go of any belief of unworthiness because it blocks us from being in the flow of the good that is God's good pleasure to give us. But then there's another belief that I think we want to let go of. The belief that we, of our own self, our human self, our egoic self, have to make it happen. As I mentioned, I think a couple of weeks ago when I was at Unity Village, you know, when they would have their prayer service, they would start out by saying, it's not I, but the Christ within or the God within, the divine within that does the work. And Eric Butterworth notes that you don't need to make a demonstration happen. We don't really make it happen. We don't even create that flow because we're always in the flow. Just like we're always in gravity. It always is. 
And uh, we don't have to walk outside and say, man, I need to really try to make this gravity work. If you go in this building and jump off the edge, gravity will be working because it's working all of the time. But sometimes we're not aware of the flow that's here for us because we're, we're, we're trying to come in and focus on the, the resistance, the tension, the strain, when we should be letting go and letting it flow. I was in a, a building once that was built maybe 50 or 60 years ago, and it was in a kitchen. It had the door wide open, and it had this huge, tall ceiling, and you know, the door was open, so you know, a bird flew inside this, this kitchen while I was sitting there. Then after a while, it decided it wanted to leave, but it didn't go out the door. There was a big glass at the top of the ceiling, and it started to run into the glass. So it run into the glass, bang into the glass, and you know, I could see it wobbling around. I said, you know, life could be a lot easier if you just went out the door that's <laughs> wide open. But it kept going and running into the glass and running into the glass. And I'm up there trying to, hey, shoo it, trying to direct it to go right out the door because that's the, that's the flow right there. Eventually, it didn't listen. It didn't understand my language. It, so it went through the glass. It actually broke the glass and got out. And I started wobbling around, flying around like this. And, you know, as if it was like, you know, inebriated. But sometimes we get in the way. I think the key is to allow that which is happening, that which is open, the open doors to be available to us. We have to get ourselves out of the way, really transform something within us. And I realize that all of the work that we do, the fellowship, the worship, the study, the practice of spiritual principles, they're all there to get us in alignment with what is. Because God is. Isness is. We can't do them, but we can eliminate the hindrances for the isness of God to flow through us. And then we discover, oh, I have not accomplished much. It looks like the world that I have, but all I have done is eliminated and unlearned the false perceptions I've had about life. Because then God can be God as me. Peace can be peace as me. Love can be love as me. So during this seven-week series... We're going to look at strategies that we can use and employ to activate this power, that we can begin to create the conditions so that we can be in that flow. Because I realize that even when we think positive or do affirmations, we're not really doing anything to change anything. All we're doing is putting ourselves in alignment with what the truth is. We're putting ourselves in alignment to be where we can go through those open doors. And when we do, history is dissolved. We're in alignment. So during these seven weeks, we want to remind ourselves where we are on an adventure. You know, other communities actually call this uh, program Adventures in Faith because we know we're on a great adventure. And when we're on a great adventure, we look at life very different from people who are afraid of loss or lack or limitation. They're placing their attention maybe on the limitations living from the outside in. But we're here to live from the inside out because there's a reservoir of possibilities that's always there. We may not have in the outside enough of what we think we need. But when we're on this adventure of going from the inside out, oh, we see new possibilities. We just have to be plugged in. You know, it's like the story of the 
unplugged toaster. You know the story of the unplugged toaster? Well, you're about to hear about it. The unplugged toaster is complaining. Oh, I can't make any toast. I've been unplugged for so long. It's going to take me at least maybe four years of therapy to come to an understanding as to why I can't cook this toast anymore. It happened one day, some guy came by and tripped over the cord, and, you know, it was a big guy. He messed up my life forever. Now I'm stuck, and I got issues with him. I hate him now. But the moment it's plugged in, boom, the electricity begins to flow. The bread begins to toast. And in that instant, it's in alignment. It's in alignment with the power and the presence of the love of God. It carries with it all the good of this presence. And we do this with absolute gratitude in our own life. When we get plugged in, we help stay there through gratitude. As Lotsu points out, everything healthy flows from the universe. So all day long, we simply look for things to be grateful for. We look for the good. We affirm this truth. We think this good. We don't make it happen but we make it welcome by creating the conditions that makes the result inevitable. And when we do, we are in the flow of life. Peace and blessings to you. Well, each week we have an affirmation that we invite you to take with you, affirm and body uh, to simply affirm the truth of who and what you are, to get in alignment with the flow. And we could start by simply affirming it together. Let's say this affirmation together. Spirit streams into me. My internal splendor blossoms and shines for the world to see. I am in the flow of life. We're in the flow of life. We're going to continue on with this flow. As next week, I'll be back to talk about the healing stream, which is your super wisdom. And we'll have uh, Paul Sanchez will do the meditation. And Redalia is going to be here with Lurie and the Soul Light Connection once again with the music. So uh, we'll have an opportunity to deepen our connection and stay into the flow. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh,